Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team has signed another running back as an undrafted free agent and a running back that's put up some big numbers in college. We'll tell you who it is and where he was at. Plus, what's going on with James Bradbury in New York with the Giants? Is he going to get released or will he be traded? Well, I'll talk about that on today's show. And coming up in segment number two, Madison Blevins Hawk. She'll join the show. She's a sports anchor reporter for WBIR Channel 10 in Tennessee. We'll talk all things about Matthew Butler, the fifth round pick out of Tennessee, the big defensive tackle. Plus, your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on a loaded Thursday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Let's go. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. And welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find it free and available on all platforms and have plenty to get to on today's show, especially here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. And let's start off at the top. The Raiders signed former UTSA All-American running back Sincere McCormick. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent, and he put up some big numbers, Raider Nation. I mean, I know that the running back room is getting loaded. It's got about seven running backs in there right now, but this guy could play. All he did in 2020 with the Roadrunners, played in 11 games, had 1,467 yards and 11 touchdowns. What did he do in 2021? Well, he played in 13 games, had 1,479 yards, 15 touchdowns, and helped lead the Roadrunners to a program best 12-1 season. So he signed as an undrafted free agent in a very loaded running back room, and who knows who's going to be there, who's not going to be there, but just another guy to bring into the mix, some more competition to add to the roster for the Raiders. So I like the signing. I think he's a heck of a a player like everyone I know from Texas that has watched Sincere McCormick play hit me up on Wednesday and was like man that's a good one so he's a guy to keep your eye out on Sincere McCormick the running back out of UTSA rookie minicamps right around the corner then they'll have OTAs and training camp that's where it gets real and that's when I'll really be paying attention to see what Sincere McCormick can do also on Wednesday the Raiders GM Dave Ziegler added someone to the front office and this is something I mentioned right after the draft once the draft is over and there's a lot of scouts there's a lot of guys in the front office that aren't going to be there anymore. Once all the work was done, all the draft was uh, behind them and everything, they were good to go. That's why as soon as they opened up the presser following the draft, they thanked everybody that was involved because everyone is not going to be there. Well, on Wednesday, they added someone to the front office. They hired Lenny McGill from the Dolphins to serve as senior national scout. He had previously been an area scout for Miami, also worked for the Broncos and the Packers. So just another name to know, Lenny McGill is now a senior national scout for Dave Ziegler and the Raiders. Another little nugget that came out having to do with the Raiders on Wednesday is the fact that vaccinations will no longer be required to be at Allegiant Stadium and check out a Raider home game. They sent out messages to all season ticket holders and of course that got circulated on Twitter but the message says like this, the Las Vegas Raiders will no longer require proof of COVID-19 vaccination or masks for home games at Allegiant Stadium throughout the pandemic. We have followed the advice and guidelines of federal and state medical professionals to create a safe environment for our staff, players and fans. Based on the latest information, we are confident that we can provide that safe environment without the extra precautions of vaccination 
vaccinations and masks. We're looking forward to welcoming all our fans back to Legion Stadium this season. So I know a lot of people were wondering about that. They had questions. I thought that that was going to be the case, but I was not 100% sure. So until they sent out that message, wanted to make sure that I didn't go out there and say something that was wrong and false. And uh, ultimately, it's not, you know, so you don't have to be vaccinated. You don't have to wear a mask. You can go to a Raider home game. So I know that opens it up for a lot of folks. And of course, as soon as I tweeted that out, I had people hit me up. Well, they shouldn't have required it to begin with. Hey, look, man. (laughs) <laughs> Look, dog, that was not a requirement by me. That was not something that I threw out there. That was a decision that they made uh, in conjunction with the state of Nevada and how they felt that they needed to conduct their business. So that's what they did. And, hey, it is what it is. Uh, looks like we're getting closer to the end of this whole thing, depending on how you feel. really doesn't matter. But at least it, now you know that you can go to a game at Allegiant Stadium and you don't have to be vaccinated and you don't have to be masked up. So there you go. I guess the way you can look at it is good news for everybody. I also wanted to give you an update on James Bradbury, the defensive back for the New York Giants, a guy that I think that the Raiders need to do whatever they can in their power to make sure he's in the mix and they get him uh, and reunite him with Patrick Graham, the Raiders defensive coordinator. Apparently, he's looking like he's going to get released. There's a report out there. My guy, Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants like a glove, uh, put out a tweet that the Giants GM said that the team will have a resolution on Bradbury by the end of the week. And then uh, Stapleton goes on to say this almost certainly means the Giants are cutting Bradbury. The veteran corner has been the subject of trade rumors throughout the offseason. but it's become clear that there are no takers. New York will save $10.1 million in cap space if they ultimately cut him at the end of the week. The decision to move on from Bradbury is a financial one as he was still playing at a high level in 2021. He had 17 passes defense and four interceptions last season. So again, I look at James Bradbury. I look at the Raiders corner situation. I look at Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, and say, get him. Get him. Go get him. And I'm telling you, as soon as he gets released, he's going to have so many suitors that are going to want him. So I don't know how it's going to shake out, but if I'm Dave Ziegler, if I'm Champ Kelly, if I'm Patrick Graham, if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm pounding the table saying, hey, look, let's go get this done. I know Trayvon Mullen had a minor surgery. I know Nate Hobbs is a hell of a player. I know that they got other guys there in the mix, but man, I'll tell you, I would feel much better if James Bradbury was part of the mix as well. Rock is saying I think he has a potential to be a good player, but he's got to go out there and do it. We know for a fact James Bradbury is a good player. Listen to those numbers. 17 passes defense and four interceptions in 2021. You know what that would have done with the Raiders? Led the team if he had been on the team last season. The Raiders as a team only had six interceptions in 2021. Bradbury had four by himself. All the reason right there to go get him. They need to create turnovers. He knows he knows Patrick Graham's system. Why not add him to the mix? The Raiders need to do whatever they can in their power to make sure they go get James Bradbury. And my final nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. The NFL announced opponents and dates for the five international games in 2022, and I was very pleased to see that the Raiders were not part of the mix. They are not in any of the five games. I thought that they had a chance to be the away team, the away game against New Orleans, but they are not, and that's a good thing. But the international games, if you're interested in them, uh, the first one is going to be October 2nd. It'll be at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, in London, the Vikings and the Saints. Again, that's on October 2nd. Then on October 9th, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium again, the Giants and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, October 30th at Wembley Stadium, you'll have the Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars. November 13th, they'll actually be in Germany, the Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then they'll close things out in Mexico City, the 49ers and the Cardinals. That's November 21st. So those are the five games, international in 2022, and the Raiders are not part of the mix. And very happy about that. Again, I thought 
for sure they were going to be part of that Saints game, but they are not. So instead of being international, they will be there in New Orleans playing the Saints. And that's okay. That'll be a fun game. Be a fun game to go to. That'll be a fun game to cover. So that's all I got for you for today's Locked On Raiders podcast, segment number one, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, my conversation with Madison Blevins-Hawk. She's a sports anchor and reporter from WBIR Channel 10 in Tennessee. We'll talk all things Matthew Butler, the fifth round pick out of Tennessee. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about BlueNile.com. And at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring in her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. It doesn't matter if she prefers a statement piece or everyday elegance. BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. If you're looking for fine jewelry but you're having trouble choosing, don't worry. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available by way of phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. If you're celebrating the special woman in your life, BlueNile.com can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. All listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast get $50 off a $500 order. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. That's Sunday, so you got to get on it. Again, promo code is locked on. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to take a preview of the fifth round draft pick for the Raiders. That's Matthew Butler, defensive tackle from Tennessee. And to help me break him on down and talk a little Tennessee football as well is Madison Blevins-Hawk, sports anchor reporter from WBIR. That's Channel 10 in Tennessee. You can find her on Twitter at madison 4 Blevins. Here is that conversation. Pleased to have on the phone lines right now is Madison Blevins-Hawk, sports anchor and reporter for WBIR. That's Channel 10 in Tennessee. You can find her on Twitter at madison for blevins And Madison, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I wanted to spend a few minutes to talk to you about the Raiders' fifth-round draft pick. That's Matthew Butler, big-time D-tackle from Tennessee. And a guy many thought, including myself, would go higher. But uh, I saw your tweet saying, Raider Nation, you got a good one. So in your opinion, as yeah. you've seen Butler, what, what makes you feel like he's, he's a good fit for the Raiders? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I think the biggest thing with Matthew Butler that Raider Nation should be pretty excited about is he hasn't reached his full potential yet. He's a guy that benefited a ton coming back and playing for Tennessee in his fifth year. His numbers, his tackles, everything went up in his fifth year. And a lot of that had to do with the pace of play that Tennessee was playing last year. And I think that that really helped him elevate his game and show to some NFL scouts like, Hey, you know, my, my numbers in my first four years might not have been where they were here, but I'm, I'm only getting better. And that's because of how quick of an offense Josh Heupel plays. The defense spent a lot of time on the field. I remember talking to Matthew during spring training last year and during spring practice. And he was like, it's a whole new ball game. He went from playing at about 300, 305 pounds to about 295 pounds. And that's just because he, he had to get in shape fast. 
And I think that that's where he's going to really benefit with his game in the NFL is that he, he can get in shape. And he's also his athletic build for a defensive tackle is impressive because he's six foot four, two ninety five ish, but he's explosive. And a lot of times you don't see guys with, with the build that Matthew has to be able to explode off the line like he does and then maintain it as well. His first step is really quick, but laterally, he's really, really good as well. And and like I said, a lot of that just came from, from getting in shape his senior season. And we talk a lot about this with the NFL draft that the majority of uh, picks around here come from the SEC. A lot yeah. of Alabama guys, you know, you heard their name called, but Tennessee's kind of building up to that caliber. And Matthew Butler played the most snaps in 2021 in the SEC. So he's, I think he's a big time get. He uh, has a lot of potential, but I will tell you the best part about Matthew Butler is he's a sponge and he'll be the first to tell you if you throw a punch at him, he's going to respond right away and he's going to soak it all up. And he's not a guy that is going to let himself get walked on in the NFL. It is a whole new ball game, but he's that type of player that comes into a locker room, demands the locker room. He was the leader of the defense, even all five years at Tennessee. So I think Raider Nation has has a guy they can be pretty excited about. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. And, and again, I was surprised and shocked to even see his name still available, you know, in the fifth round. How shocked were you that, that the Raiders were able to get him in round five? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It was I, I said on Saturday, I thought I was going to see him go much earlier. And I think a lot of that has to do with sometimes there is inconsistency, right, with any mm-hmm. player. But especially when you're looking at that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, you got to be more consistent. And that's something that Matthew has, has really tried to prove and something that he really worked on a lot his senior year was just his consistency. Sometimes he, he'd be really explosive. His first, his first step is fast, but then he would kind of let off the ball and once the play started happening. So I think that that was something that NFL scouts wanted to see him do more and, and build off of. But in my opinion, this is a steal for Las Vegas because he is, like you mentioned, a guy that could have gone third, fourth round and, and everything we were talking about last week. A lot of our mock drafts, I had him going in the third round. So to see him kind of drop later on, I think personally for Las Vegas, it's a steal and, and it's a good thing. And I think that he fits this organization well as well, which is how quick and explosive he wants to play on the defensive front. I'll tell you what, he's, I think out of all the guys that the Raiders selected uh, over the weekend, I think he's the guy I'm most excited about, you know, just because I feel yeah. like, you know, like all you're saying with all the potential that he has there and that quick first step and this new regime, they really want a lot of guys to be able to penetrate from the interior of that defensive line. And he sounds like he's a guy that's not only going to be able to stop the run but also get to the quarterback he's had plenty of tackles for losses uh sacks you know he led the led the uh, the team in, in, in tackles I mean th- this dude is is a guy that can do many things yeah. and, and line up multiple places and that's the other thing how, how big was that at Tennessee that he was able to play multiple roles uh, yeah oh it was huge Tim Banks here the defensive coordinator that's what he preaches on is his guys aren't just going to play one position especially in the secondary he wanted every every defensive back to be versatile but on the defensive front Matthew Butler he he shows that as well you mentioned his ability to get to the quarterback and again I'll go back to just his athletic build and how strong he is and and just the way he sees this game and then you talk about being excited for a pick a fifth round guy 
he's a steal because he is going to absorb this defense immediately. He's going to be the first one in there asking, hey, what did you see? How can I learn from veterans? And and I think that that's the biggest thing for this new build that they want to make with him is, is to be able to do that. But I think he can wear multiple hats. And obviously in the NFL, they might shift him around a little bit on the line. But he's definitely somebody that has been able to play every position on the front and knows and knows how to play each position as well. Not just can look at it, can maybe dap his toes in it, but no, he, I mean, he can execute across the board. I love it. I really do. Like I said, very excited about the potential that he has, what he could bring to the, the team. So we've talked a lot about what he brings to the, the team on the field. What kind of person is Matthew Butler off the field? You know what? He, he's a, he's a really good guy. He, I enjoyed covering him on the media side of things because he just presented himself as a professional from day one and I've covered him for the last three seasons and he's been, he's really respectful with the media. He, he loves the fan. He embraced Vol Nation, which like Raider Nation is a very passionate <laughs> fan base. Right. And so, and he's done great on that front, but he's a no nonsense guy. He, he, you're not going to see him cracking too many jokes. You're not going to see him. He is, what you see is what you get. No nonsense. He's here to play football and he's here to make his teammates around him better. He asked a lot of questions. Rodney Garner really helped him a lot. Um, a defensive line coach at Tennessee just in his last season, just be more vocal. And, and he's embraced that. And I think I think you're just getting the best of him on and off the field right now. You know, and, and you know, Tennessee, and we kind of talked about this briefly before we started uh, recording, but uh, Tennessee's putting some guys in the league, you know, and there's multiple guys that went into the league over the weekend. How much do you think that that helps that uh, the coaching staff there at, at Tennessee is getting these guys to the next level? So, so Matthew kind of has a good idea of what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the 1%, right? right? 1% of players make it to the NFL, and, and Tennessee had five guys this year, which is only the second most draft picks they've had since 2010. And I think the good thing for players who play at Tennessee is they have a lot of guys that they can look to. For example, Alante Taylor, a defensive back at Tennessee, got drafted by the Saints. He's joining five other Tennessee players on the Saints roster. Wow. So not only was he picking their brains during the NFL Combine and leading up to the Combine, but now he has them to rely on on his own roster as well and, and along with Matthew Butler. And so I think that that's something that is enticing for more recruits to come to Tennessee. They've really done well in the transfer portal this offseason. Just got a five-star wide receiver from, from USC last night. And so they're doing a good job selling the program of, hey, yeah, you want to come here? You want to come here and play four years, two years, whatever it is? Well, we're going to help you elevate your game to the NFL. And and I know that they they openly talk about that with the coaches. They know that that's their dream and, and something they've been working towards their whole life. And Tennessee has finally established a really good staff that is helping players accomplish that NFL dream. You know, that's a big deal. I mean, it really is because I was in Central Texas when Matt Rule was co was coaching Baylor. And yeah. that's what he was selling to all his recruits was, hey, I'm an NFL coach. I want to be. And we see he's in uh, NFL now at Carolina. But he was selling the fact mm -hmm. that I can get you to the next level. And that's what the players were buying in on is he knows what to do. And so if they're doing that at Tennessee, selling them on the fact that, hey, you can come here, you can play for us. Us and we're going to help you achieve your dreams now right. it's, on, it's on you to do the work but we've got the blueprint for you to get to the league that's a huge deal for Tennessee 
Absolutely. And I think the thing with the SEC is everyone that's not Alabama or now Georgia kind of has that chip on their shoulder of we've got to work harder. We've got to play smarter and we've got to prove ourselves to NFL scouts because we don't have that Alabama or that Georgia in front of our name. Right. But Tennessee is building a program that wants to be able to compete with Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you name it in the SEC. That's what they want. And so they're, they're bringing in players from all over. And that's the first message to them. Like, Hey, college doesn't last forever. We know you want to play <laughs> in the NFL and, and we want to help you get there. And, and not saying that it wasn't like that before this new coaching staff came in, but it's definitely something that they understand and they want to support them and they want to help them. And, you know, it's just it's picking their brain and getting advice from yep. from guys who have done it and have been successful at that highest level as well. No, it is. It really is. It's a big deal. So uh, excited about that for Tennessee and uh, just to continue to see that that program grow. Uh, I'm assuming that maybe uh, Butler is one of those guys that kind of has that little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, he he really had a breakout season. He's a guy that benefited by coming back to Tennessee. A lot of people thought maybe he could get drafted last year, but he chose to come back to Tennessee for his super senior season. And he benefited from that. Yeah. And so I think he, in his head, he's like, I'm I'm just getting started. And, and I know he really liked the way Tennessee played, the pace that they played, because like I was saying, it's prepared him for the NFL. It's much a quicker game mm -hmm. and much more explosive game. And so he, I think he genuinely feels like, hey, I'm just getting started. And, and he's set up in a, a pretty good position to, to do that. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm sold. I'm sold. He is my favorite draft pick <laughs> that the Raiders had over the weekend. They only had six, but I, I'm, I'm most excited about Butler. Uh, I was already kind of leaning that direction, but after talking to you, I'm, I'm all the way in. Yeah. So uh, he is my guy. Well, Madison, this has been fantastic. Before I let you go, now that the draft is over, uh, what's your focus there at Channel 10? I know spring ball's going on. I'm sure baseball, uh, Tennessee sport. Hell, the Grizzlies are playing. I mean, what's, what's the focus right now for you? <laughs> Well, you know what? We are covering right now the number one college baseball team in the nation. Tennessee <laughs> for six weeks in a row has, has been the number one team in the nation. And nice. we're breaking records left and right. They have a right-handed pitcher that threw 105.5, um, the fastest recorded <laughs> pitch in college baseball ever. Wow. Through that on Sunday, there's only been one faster pitch in Major League Baseball. So that's kind of where, where our mind and our focus is at right now. I mean, we're, like I said, we're in the SEC. So our bread and butter is SEC college football and even college basketball. But it's been fun post-March Madness and the, the craziness of coming off football season and basketball season to dive right into a really, really good Tennessee baseball team. So hopefully a month from now, we'll be in Omaha following them to the College World Series. There you go. There's nothing better, I don't think, than the College World Series. It is <laughs> such a great tournament and such a great World Series for college baseball. I love it. I love all the action. Well, like I said, this is great. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this again. And uh, we're going to to get you out to Vegas and uh, get you in one of these yes. studios that we have here and uh, and you can uh, co-host the show with us one day. So this has been fun. Absolutely. I would love it. If I'm if I'm out in Vegas, it's probably not going to be for work, but <laughs> I, I can uh, I can stop by and, and get some work done as well. There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll steal you for an hour or so. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there it is. There it was. That was my conversation right there with Madison Blevins Hawk, sports anchor reporter for WBIR in Tennessee. That's channel 10 you can find her on twitter at madison for blevins give her a follow raider nation she did a hell of a 
job right there breaking down Matthew Butler. She was a lot of fun to talk to and uh, definitely will not be the last time I have a conversation with her. And as I mentioned to her, I believe I'm sold. Matthew Butler, uh, I think he's going to be my favorite guy out of the 2022 draft class for the Raiders this year. The guy that I'll be paying attention to. The guy that I think is going to have the biggest impact. I like what Dylan Parham brings to the table. I love the versatility of him. The third round pick out of Memphis. Uh, like Zamir White as well, as well the running back. Uh, he's going to bring some things to the table, but Maybe this guy, Matthew Butler, can have the biggest impact, plus be a big-time value as the Raiders got him in round five. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get to that, though, do want to tell you about BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. They got the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the NBA playoffs, which I don't know how much you've been paying attention to, it, but, man, I am glued, and they are great. MLB, love some baseball action, and even this weekend, it goes down the Kentucky Derby. It is back. BetOnline.net, your Continue source for all your sports wagering information. They got the live betting, the playoffs, the esports, and a whole lot more. Go to the website today on your mobile device or your laptop. Learn about the trends and all the action. BetOnline.net, that's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a call from Andy from the Whittier area. He's calling to respond to Raider Russell's call about Josh Jacobs. Here he is, Andy from the Whittier area. Hey, what's going on, Q? This is Andy from the Whittier area. I'm calling on uh, what Raider Russell was talking about, Josh Jacobs being traded. Uh, that's... I, I could see that happening as well. Um, if you think about it, he still has his rookie contract, and uh, we could probably trade him to the Giants in exchange for Bradbury. What do you think about that? Also, I love the draft. Um, you know, we build through the trenches. And that's how great teams are built. And I'm really psyched and can't wait to see how the season goes. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. There goes the call from Andy from the Whittier area. Thank you so much for the call, my man. And I don't think Jacobs is getting traded, especially not to the Giants. Think about that. They already got Saquon Barkley. They don't need to spend that kind of money on another first-round running back. Now, I do think that Jacobs could be in the last year, you know, most likely will be, or, you know, maybe they can even give him a short-term deal. They can always say, hey, we're going to extend you an extra year or extend you an extra two years, depending on how this dynamic between him and Zamir works. It could end up working out really well. Both these running backs, I believe, are very similar to each other, and then you have change of pace backs, like you have Kenyon Drake. You know, you have other guys in the mix. I mean, just look, right now, Brandon Bolden's the only guy that's under contract past this season. So uh, I think there's a lot of uncertainty at that running back position. But the good thing for the Raiders is that they have so many bodies in that running back room that it'll, it'll work itself out. So that's, that's basically how I'm looking at it. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Courtney P. said, Q, want to hear your breakdown of Isaiah Polamoa. I think he could develop into a starting strong safety and be a great tandem with Trey. Also, why wasn't he drafted? Love your show, Raider Nation. Again, it's from Courtney P. And uh, thank you so much for that. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch a lot of Isaiah. Um, all I'm seeing when I do a little bit of research on him is that he's a guy that uh, lately has battled confidence issues as a senior. Uh, they said that he was overthinking a lot of things, kind of relying on his instincts, and uh, did not really play up to the, the level 
level that they thought he was going to play. It led to a high completion rate when he was targeted. Uh, they did say he's a tall athletic safety with NFL speed and twitch, but his negative plays and coverage and versus the run in 2021 are an area of concern for NFL scouts. That was Dane Brugler from The Athletic, his draft guide that he puts out each and every year. And actually the grade he gave Paul Lamoa was priority free agents. So I guess where he got drafted is where most folks expected him to go. So thank you so much for that text. Now he's got a spot. He's got to go out there and earn it. And maybe if he can get that confidence in camp, maybe he can carve out a niche with the Raiders. But again, he's going to have to go out there and earn it. But thank you so much for your text. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Chuck from the 512. He's calling to talk about the draft and what he really liked about it. Shares his thoughts on the direction he thinks the team is going. Here he is, Chuck from the 512. Yo, Q. What's up, buddy? Love the show. You're doing an incredible job. What a draft. Uh, this is Chuck from the 512 Raiders all the way. I love the fact that they drafted interior linemen on both the offensive side and the defensive side. Two each. I mean, the game is one in the trenches. These guys are doing a heck of a job. I mean, I was surprised by some of the picks, but when you're picking in the third round, you really got to go to best player available. Picking the two running backs, I mean, the guy from UCLA, you know the seventh rounders are always tough. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how they perform. I think the kid from, uh, from Georgia is a bulldog. So, I mean, literally and, uh, figuratively, uh, I, I think, I just think it was a heck of a draft for the Raiders. I think they're going to do real damage this year and, uh, they're going to be tough. It's going to be a tough team to beat. I love the direction with the new management. Ziegler and McDaniels are doing a heck of a job as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's great to be a Raider fan. All right, man. Go Raiders. There he goes. That's my guy Chuck from the 512. Great call, my man. I appreciate you. And I will say the overall direction of the team, I've said it a few times now, it just feels right, right? Feels like they did well from the picks that they had. I mean, I know they only had six picks and none until the third round, but just kind of feels like that they did a good job, you know, getting depth on the offensive line, getting depth on the defensive line, putting some guys in the running back room. I mean, I really don't have a problem with what they did. I thought it was not overwhelming. It wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't bad either, you know, and so that's that's kind of where I'm at. As long as it's not bad, as long as you feel like it's pretty decent and the guys have an opportunity to go in there and compete, that's all you can really ask for. So I, I think that they did a good job, and I do think the direction – feels like it's going in the right way. So uh, thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Next, got a pretty lengthy text here from New York Old School Raider. Yo, Q, New York Old School Raider. First, no need to thank us. We need to thank you for taking us on this ride with you. The work you do is incredible. We're proud to be with you. Now, let's talk about the fourth-round pick, number 122, Zamir White, a.k.a. Zeus. Georgia played in the college championship game with a two-headed backfield, James Cook and Zeus. Cook took the outside runs and passes while Zeus ran up the middle. Cook had the flashy plays and was drafted in the second round, pick number 63 by Buffalo. Hmm, this reminds me of the 2018 draft. Georgia played in the college championship game with a two-headed running attack. So did Michelle and Nick Chubb. Michelle took the outside runs and passes while Chubb ran up the middle. Michelle had the flashy plays and was drafted in the first round, pick number 31 by New England. Chubb was picked in the second round, number 35 by Cleveland. Chubb by far is the better back than Michelle. I wonder if the Patriot Brain Trust that did all that research on both running backs kicked themselves after that choice. Fast forward, and now we have that brain trust in Vegas. They moved up ahead of the Chargers, who took running back Isaiah Spiller at pick 123 to make sure they don't miss out on Zeus, who could be the next Nick Chubb. Best player available approach. If you get a chance, could you please ask Ziegler and or McDaniels as Zeus reminds them a little of Nick Chubb. I wonder what they'll say. As always, just win, baby. Raiders. That's from New York Old School Raider. Thank you so much for that text, my man. Good 
stuff. A lot of great breakdown, and I could totally see the Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb type thing. And I remember those uh, that Georgia team with those running backs, man. They were dynamic, and uh, maybe they're looking at Zeus as that guy that could end up being a, the better running back, like you said, similar to Nick Chubb. He's got to get out there, and he's got to prove it. He's a fourth-round pick for a reason. Uh, he's had injury history back going all the way back to high school when he tore his ACL, and then he tore his ACL again when he got to college. But uh, he's dealt with adversity, and he's overcame it. So if he can do that, he might end up being one of those players that you look back at and say, man, that was a hell of a pick, especially in the fourth round. So uh, I like it. But again, I really like the breakdown from you. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Rebel Raider. He's calling to talk about the team following the draft and the direction the team is headed and how pumped up he is about it. Here he is, Rebel Raider. Thank you, Rebel Raider. What a draft, huh? And it Dre's, huh? I heard you kicking it. I heard you shooting us out saying thanks. You know, we appreciate you, man. You're the voice of us, dude. You know what I mean? And you're one of the first out of all of them. You're one of the first personalities that I listened to from day one when you guys started up here, you know? And uh, the way you break things down, the way you set things up, the way you come at it is all gravy, baby. And I'm telling you right now, we went from a team with a, with a, with a baseball infield to the number one destination in the NFL. Now everybody needs to act like we've been here before, and let's become this destination and the bomb team that we're supposed to. Let's stop hating on each other on the internet. Let's stop picking on everything, and let's start let's start accentuating the positive, baby. Rebel Raider out, Raiders. And I just took a break from the podcast at work to tell you big ups. There he goes. That's my guy, Rebel Raider. Thank you for the call, my man. And the direction of the team, I mentioned it a few times, is definitely looking good. I do like the players that they brought into the mix. Raider Nation, you should do just like Rebel Raider and appreciate the team, appreciate the facilities they have. I mean, it is a destination location now. It's one of those spots where the NFL is going to want to come to Las Vegas, going to want to be in Allegiant Stadium. You know, there's going to be a lot of free agents that are going to want to be at Allegiant Stadium. There's a lot going on at Allegiant Stadium and here in Las Vegas that you should get excited about. And all that fighting, definitely for the birds, man. I'm telling you, I, I don't even fight anymore. I, I really don't. I just, hey, you know, someone wants to say something and they believe it to, to their core, then, hey, I just let them have it. Say, hey, you're right. Got you. Appreciate you. And I keep it moving because it's just not worth it. But thank you so much for the call, Rebel Raider. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Ty in the North Bay. Say, what's up, Q? It's Ty here in the North Bay. Just wanted to ask you post-draft, what do you think the Raiders are in need of most position-wise? And do you feel the backup quarterback position could be one? We've been spoiled with above-average quarterback play the last few years and knock on wood, but if something were to happen to Carr, we really have no other visible or viable option on the roster right now. That's Ty in the North Bay. Thank you for the text, my man. And I'll say this as far as the backup quarterback position goes. Nick Mullins is good. That's a really good backup for this year. I don't know what they're going to do after that. I think that, you know, you're going to start to see Josh McDaniels incorporate more quarterbacks and more quarterbacks into the mix. Uh, you saw that they went and drafted a guy, an uh, undrafted free agent, signed an undrafted free agent, excuse me, in Chase Garbers out of Cal. I don't know if he's going to amount to anything. I'm not a firm believer in Garrett Gilbert at all. I don't think that he's going to make it out of camp. I think he's a camp arm, but I could be wrong. <laughs> it's just that's my gut feeling, so we'll see how it all shakes out with that. Uh, I don't know what the long-term answer is going to be at a backup quarterback. I think what you're going to start to see, though, is Josh McDaniels draft a guy and try to develop him and keep him around for a few years. That's what the direction I think they're going to go with that backup quarterback position. But this year, I think Nick Mullins is really, really good. Uh, as far as just what the Raiders need, my opinion, like I said on, uh, on Wednesday's show, I think they need a corner. 
You know, uh, Trayvon Mullen just recently had surgery. It sounds like he had surgery on his toe and that it was minor, but he's doing really well. But he's just injured so much that you just can't count on him, in my opinion. So I think that, you know, Rocky Asin being there, that's great. Uh, Trayvon Mullen being there, that's great. Nick, uh, Not Nick Mullins, uh, Nate Hobbs being there as far as uh, being a slot corner is great. I know some have suggested that he can go on the outside, which he probably can. But I just think you need as much depth as possible at that corner position. So I'm looking at the corners and probably another linebacker or two would be great. But really, uh, I'm thinking corners and maybe a veteran offensive lineman as far as the right tackle goes, too. (laughs) So uh, a a couple positions to choose from. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Final call we'll take from the show today is Coyote Cam in the ATX. That's Austin, Texas. He's calling in to talk about the position that running back Josh Jacobs is in right now as a guy going into the final year of his deal and what he can do to actually earn that contract extension. Here he is, Coyote Cam in the ATX. Hey Q, this is Coyote Cam out of ATX. I just wanted to call in and get your thoughts a little more on Josh Jacobs and I guess the running backs we've had uh, in the past too. Um, with, with Josh Jacobs, you know, I'm wondering what was, what does he have to do to, to prove himself to, to get another contract with the team? Um, and you know, I guess that goes for running backs. Like, what, what did they have to then do to earn second contracts with the team? Uh, cause, you know, a lot of the times we're not seeing that these days. Obviously, it's a hard position to be in. I mean, it's real rough on them. Uh, and so the longevity doesn't seem to be there a lot of the times. So it just, from my perspective, it does kind of suck seeing Josh, having to Josh Jacobs a little bit here, uh, with it just having as much injury problems as he, as he had. And it just also goes to note, like, past, uh, running back that we had, Darren McFadden, you know, really great running back if he could stay healthy, but, when he didn't stay healthy, then we eventually had to move on with him. And he ended up going, you know, to Dallas and having a little bit more there, but not much. Um, and so, you know, at that time, we, we didn't have the greatest of people around him anyways, um, players uh, around him um, throughout the team. But I do feel better about the teams now. So just wanted to get kind of your take on like the second contracts for Jacobs or running backs and um, even, you know, an instance of um, Derrick Henry and him getting injured now. You know, what, what's your take on all that? So um, love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. And let's go, Raiders. There he goes. It's my guy, Coyote Cam in the ATX. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And unfortunately for running backs, man, to get extension these days, they've got to be elite. You know what I mean? And unfortunately for Josh Jacobs, as much as a fan of him I am, he's not elite. You know, when I mean elite, I'm talking like Adrian Peterson in his prime. Derrick Henry, you mentioned him. Even Zeke Elliott when he first came out and when he first hit the scene, how much of a monster he was. Now everyone's trying to get rid of even Zeke Elliott. Remember C-Mac, when he got his contract extension, he was elite. And then as soon as he got his contract extension, he wasn't elite anymore. You know, he barely could stay on the field. So, unfortunately, that's just the way it's going right now with running backs in general. You know, they're just not getting the love that they should. And if you go back and look at Josh Jacobs, think about last year. He only had two games that he went over 100 yards rushing. Two. 
That was in week 16 and week 18. And now, look, the Raiders needed him the most then, so that was great for him. You know, he really showed up in a major way when they needed him. But, I mean, throughout the whole year, he really averaged about, what, 40, 45 yards a game, you know, sometimes 30 yards a game, sometimes 60, 70. But only 100 yards, he went over that twice. That's it. Now, he's only missed six games in his career, but it seems like he's always hurting too. You know, I mean, immediately, it could be a couple carries into the game. All of a sudden, you see him limping. You see him go out for a couple plays. I mean, it's just unfortunate for a guy that I'm a big fan of in Josh Jacobs. He's just hurt and banged up quite a bit. Again, doesn't miss a lot of games. In three seasons, only missed three games. That or six games, excuse me. That's not bad, but just not an elite running back. So he's not a guy that they're, everyone's going to just go and pound the table that, hey, He's got to get extended. So uh, thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Thank you for all the feedback we've been getting on the show each and every day as we continue to uh, navigate through the waters of the NFL draft and talk about the draft picks that the Raiders have selected, get a little bit of a breakdown. So uh, coming up tomorrow, we should keep the party rolling, uh, looking at the final two picks that the Raiders selected over the NFL draft weekend, the seventh round picks, both Thayer Munford and also Britton Brown. Munford, the offensive lineman, and Britton Brown, the running back. So we should have that as we close out the week. So appreciate you. As always, Raider Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.